good morning again. We are so excited to be with you and to get to share and have an opportunity. Um, we look pretty young, but actually we're all 40. <laughs> um, I don't know. Lots of Botox and
So Felix uh, chapter 4, Paul says this, I therefore a prisoner for the Lord urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling in which you have been called. So, like James talks about being doers of the word, not hearers only, and we know from, from chapter 1 and chapter 2, and if you read that for yourself, that um, we have been adopted by God. If we trusted in Him, we have the riches in Jesus that we, we, we typically live like we're bankrupt spiritually, but we have so much more in Christ that we have been created for good works to be redeemed from our sin, forgiven, to have a right relationship with God. And we'll add that. He's saying, walk in a manner worthy of the calling which is called. So, so doing is an action. It's not just thinking or hearing. Paul is talking about walking. Walking is a forward motion, right? It's not just staying still. So I don't know, do you have any blunders here? I love it. Like, I've, I've said this before, and usually nobody, but you got two, so thank you. <laughs> the rest of us, we just walk, okay? That's fine. You can kind of tell I just walk. But, um... Paul is calling it walking here. It says, walk forward and worthy of your calling. What is that calling? Ephesians 1 tells us, 1 4 says, God shows us before the world was made to be holy and blameless before him. So the, before the beginning of time, Genesis 1 1, God chose you to be holy and blameless before him. Ephesians 2 says, you are not alive, you are not dead, but you are alive. Um, we are called children of God. One of the says this, he does not say, as he did to the Old Testament Jews, if you obey me, I will bless you. Rather, he says, I have already blessed you. Now, in response to my love and grace, obey me. He has given us such a marvelous calling for us, and now it's our responsibility to live up to that calling. We need to walk worthy of the, of the calling that God's place in us, to be holy and blameless before him. And I know we, I do this often, and we probably all do this, I'm probably not the only one. We think when we see the word holy and blameless, Definitely holy, we're like, ooh, that's super spiritual, right? Like, ooh, we can't mess with that. Like, it's not a super spiritual thing, but the Bible is not just this very mystical thing. For, cer- for certain, it doesn't have mysteries that we don't understand. But it doesn't have to be this over-spiritual thing. It's, it's practical for us. So being holy is being set apart from the world. It's looking more like Jesus, being kind, being compassionate, displaying the fruit of the Spirit. That's what it's like. And God is saying... He's playing before time for you to do that. And that why we think holiness, I can never do that. I can never be a part of it. But God has given us everything we need um, to, to be holy and blameless before Him. But He says we need to walk and worthy of that calling. But Luke, we're sinners. We fall, we're not good enough uh, by ourselves. But if that's what God has called us to, right? He will give us what we need to accomplish. 2 Peter 1 3 says, his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who has called us to his own glory and excellence. So God is saying here, it is not all about you. You don't get to holiness and to be blameless by yourself. I will give you everything you need for life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who has called us. Isn't that awesome? Wow, that puts a lot less weight on us trying to do a bunch of good things, right? So how do we walk, how do we continue, how does that practically work out in our lives? And I love Ephesians 1, now Ephesians 4, 1, now 4, 2, and 3 says, With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another, and love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. So he's saying here, this is how you walk. You walk with humility and gentleness. So humility, humility obviously means thinking of others more important than ourselves. It does not mean you are a doormat. 
doesn't mean people step on you to get past you. It's not thinking of yourself down. That some of you, and myself included, some of us tend to do that. Some of us think of ourselves better, and I do that too. But some of us think of ourselves worse. It's not thinking of ourselves worse, but others more important. We're just elevating others, not putting ourselves down so they can be on top of us. So it's putting others' needs above our own. It also says gentleness. So gentleness or weakness. Weakness means strength under control. So just because you have a black belt and mixed martial arts does not mean you go around punching everybody in the face, right? That doesn't make sense. That's not right. Like they are, are taught this is, this is for defense or this is for just the time you're supposed to, to fight or defend, right? You don't just go around and you learn this stuff and you all, all these people up because you can't. See, I know the uh, guy we work with, his name's Mikey, his mom is like a martial arts, like, she, uh, this Taekwondo, she was like a champion, like way back in the day, but she's like this little small lady that I've seen her on Facebook before, and you would never guess that she has a black belt, and she could just like, if she wanted to, I know it's gross, but I'm just going to tell you the truth, she can like just rip her throat up if she wanted to, like, crazy. No one would know, right? It's, it's strength under control. Just because we have knowledge, just because God has given us gifts, just because God's given us wisdom, he's saying here, if we're going to walk worthy of the calling and we walk in unity, but how do we do that is to be unique. Knowing that God has given you these gifts, a voice to use it all for his glory with gentleness. To be gentle, to be maybe tender in humility. It's also to walk with patience. And really, patience is that we walk suffering, not just. You know, I'm just waiting for the microwave to get finished, right? Like, that's not really long suffering, right? Maybe you're patient enough. I'm not patient enough. Like, I, I go for the little time. My, my, I have, like, a little microwave that you have to, like, do the dial a little bit. But typically, I do the dial, and then I just, and I touch the food, and it's not that much again, because I'm just not patient enough. But what he's saying it's long suffering. It's a long period of time. We don't need to wait, even when it's uncomfortable. For people, maybe for the Lord to answer. Uh, to bear with one another in love. You know, we are called to care for people, to love them deeply. And I know that's like something we, we, we know, but do we actually care for people? Do, do we have a plan to care for people? Do we have a plan to love people, to love them deeply like Christ has? Walking worthy of our calling also means this, it talks about here, to maintain and protect unity. So, why is it important to, to be unified with each other? All leaders like Christ. Verse 14, we'll drop down in verse 14 and 15. So that you may all be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried out by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and, and deceitful seed, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way to him who is the head into Christ. So we need to walk. How we need to walk really the calling of God, we need to be on the same heart and the same mind and unity, walking in step together. See, if we're walking closer to God, worthy of his calling, we're walking alongside of people, walking in the same pace, walking together with him. See, bound together with love that comes from God. And see, revival would not be a thing, and it would not work for a long period of time. We would have no longevity to it if Jesus did not bound us together. The love for God's people, love for each other, love for the lost, and love for God. Like, we didn't have some of that, or if we don't practice those things, there would be, be no longevity. We wouldn't be walking according to the potential that we have in Christ and the calling that we have in God. 
We need to be unified. If we're going to do ministry well and serve God even better uh, together than alone, we need to be unified. And you need to be unified. How can you walk together and grow together in your calling if you're walking two different directions, right? If I was tied to Luke here and we were walking in two different directions, we probably wouldn't go very far, right? It would be difficult. Maybe one would push the other along more, but it would be difficult for both of us. We need to walk in steps together. God has called us for good things. I love um, the, the idea of a horse um, uh, by itself. A horse can pull a plow so far, you know, so many times, right? But two, you would think it just would be like if you do 100 pounds for one horse, which is obviously more than 100 pounds. The other one, you do 100, you have 200, right? That's how math works, right? It's not common four or whatever. But, <laughs> I was hoping I'd get a little hat on that. But, no, it, they can hold, they can do like more than four times that one can. It's not, it's not, it doesn't make sense, right? But together, we're more powerful than alone. We need each other. If we're at odds with each other because we're angry or bitter, we're willing, unwilling to forgive, we're willing to ask forgiveness, we're holding each other back. Holding each other back to our calling that God has placed in us. To be holy and blameless Part of that longing is, is in this unity. See, I often think that I can do it alone and my my actions and those things don't affect the people around me. But if I'm angry at somebody here, it affects the whole team. And eventually you'll probably you probably see it and it would affect you. Right? See, so we think oftentimes when I do it alone or by myself or just between me and somebody else, it doesn't affect everybody else. But I think I'm at odds with somebody, and maybe rightfully so, there needs to be some reconciliation and forgiveness in those things. But if I'm not willing to take that that step, it's going to hold us back to God's calling that He has for us. For us to work together, I need to forgive, I need to control the anger, I need to ask for the same that be humble and love and put their needs above mine. But now the cool thing about that is now when trouble comes in my life, I know that I can count on it. Isn't that cool? We can count on each other. I know. You guys have been through some, some tough, tough times. You can count on each other. But that's because you have the same heart and the same mind. But if we're, if we're bitter and angry with each other, even on the outside, it affects each other. We need to walk worthy of that calling. I don't want to walk worthy of that calling. Verse 16. For whom the whole body joined and held together by that joint, which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, to make the body grow, so that it builds it up itself up in love. When we walk according to our calling, we're the, we're the body of Christ, like it works together. If I, my eye didn't work exactly like it should, it's going to affect every part of my body. I'm going to have to hear that, right? I'm going to have to be able to feel things around me. I'm going to have to count on others to help me. But if we're working in tandem together, working properly, we grow. It's better than it was before. We need each other, folks. Now, verse 17 says, Now this I say, testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as Gentiles do, in the futility of their minds, they are darkened in their understanding, and alienated from the life of God, because of the ignorance that is in them, due to the hardness of hearts. Now, we look at the opposite effect of that. What do we do when we walk away, or we haven't walked towards God? We look like unbelievers. We look like the Gentiles. They walk away from God in darkness with hardness. If we're not walking in, in, in unity 
together, not walking worthy of the calling, even if we're saved. And I, and I think there, there's a time, I'm sure, maybe you aren't saved. I, I don't want to question that. It's between you and the Lord, but if you trust in Christ and you're walking away from him, your, your life is looking like a Gentile. It's looking like an unbeliever. You're walking in darkness, and it's not good for you. It says, verse 19, they have become callous and have given up themselves up to sensuality, greed, to practice every kind of impurity. If we run away from God and the call that God has placed in our lives and given to our temptation desires, we will be more empty than before. And you know what's interesting about darkness? You don't know what's there. You don't know who the people you are that are around you, that will support you and care about you. You don't see a God that loves you because you're running in the darkness by your own fruition. And we do that. We do that so often. I do that so often. I decide and choose to actively rebel against God and to run to the enemy's side, to run into the darkness. And I've missed what God can have to me. I feel more into that than before. But it says this. Oh, it's in verse 22, dropping down there. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former man of life, is, is corrupt through deceitful desires. He's saying here, Paul's saying here, don't walk in darkness. See, if we're to walk worthy of our calling to be holy and blameless, first we need to be unified together. We need to walk on the same page, humble, gentle, being with one another, but we need to put off our old self. Our old desires that belong to the former way of life. I love that. It's gone. That's how we used to live. It should stay there, right? So it's put on the old clothes, redress yourself, and the riches come in Christ. That sin, throw it down. That pain, give it to Jesus. That desire, make his desire show us that fear, give it to the Lord. We often think, I often think, I don't think I feel new. I'm controlled by my feelings often, right? But you are alive. I'm alive. I'm not dead anymore. You don't have to live dead anymore because Jesus is alive. See, Lazarus, when, when Jesus says, come out, right? He came out with the, the grave clothes on, right? Do you think after that, the next day, he still has his clothes on? No. Why? That would be gross. That would be, that would smell, it would be disgusting. You know, yeah, he put the new clothes on. I'm sure... His sister has gotten some really good stuff. They're like, you've been in this, these racks for long enough. Here's the best stuff. Because we're in a celebrate. Just like that. We don't belong to death anymore. Lazarus at that time did not belong to death anymore. We don't belong to sin or death anymore. We belong to God. We need to put off some of those things. Some of those things that easily tangle us. Some of those things that we struggle with. It says, 23, to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and be put on the new self, created after the likeness of God, through your righteousness and holiness. He's saying this new self is the righteousness of Jesus. After the likeness of God, the Holy Spirit and believers that live inside of you, if you believe, helps you to be renewed, helps you to look like your life, helps you to be alive. As you look at his word and follow him. So, verses 25 to 23, and, and I'm almost finished here, I won't take too much of the time here, but kind of gives us what are we, what are we putting on and what are we putting off. Hey, Jeremiah, do you have that picture? Can you have that one picture ready for me? Oh, this. Okay, I just want to, I, I can. So, Ephesians uh, 20, uh, verse 25 and, and chapter 4, Therefore, having put away falsehood, 
Let each one of you speak the truth to his neighbor, for we are all members of one another. He's saying here, now the person that, that lies, don't lie anymore. So he's saying, put off, put on truth. In verse 26, he says, be angry, do not sin. You can even say that, but it'll be distracting from you soon. But I'll ask for it in a second. Thanks. Be angry, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and give no opportunity to the devil. But the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so he may have something to share with anyone. I love that. It says, if you're a thief, this is what you need to do. You need to work hard, so you have to do more to give out to others. 29, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such is good for building up as fits the occasion that needs to give grace to those who hear. Isn't that awesome? If you're struggling with saying some rough stuff to people, or maybe rough stuff about yourself, he's saying, put that stuff off, put on the new clothes. That's good for building up. Say good things. Encourage people that this the occasion and the good grace of those who hear. Verse 30, you know, greet the Holy Spirit of God in whom you can seal the day of redemption, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all else. But instead of those things, he's saying here in 32, be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. So some of us, right, right have, are struggling with unity. That's one thing we're struggling with. That's the, the old clothes that we're struggling with. We're struggling to forgive. We've got some bitterness in our hearts. And maybe some of you right now, when I said bitterness, you instantly thought of a person that's really cheap. Have you given that to those words? Have you forgiven them? You know, you know bitterness and, and anger towards people, hate towards people, like being against them, it's like trying to drink poison and expecting them to die and you're It's toxic. It destroys your unity. It will destroy your relationships even if they have no, no part of the, the situation. Are you bitter today? Are you struggling with those, those great folks? Because the Gentiles, if someone hurts them, they're going to hate them. Right? But God has called us to something better. You know, Jesus to his very people that he created. I can't, I can't fathom the very people he created spit in his face. Pulled out his ear. Not only that, it was God's chosen people, the, the men that were supposed to be the followers of Jesus, supposed to be the followers of God, were supposed to be righteous. Sit in his face. But we said, they don't know what they do. Forgive them, right? Do you need to forgive this one? Is that maybe closely holding on to you? Maybe you, you were just struggling, you, you lie all the time. Truth is just not part of your life. Maybe you're lying to yourself today. Maybe you're just angry. Everything sets you off. Be willing to put those things and give it to the Lord. He can help you. And you, what's really cool about that, you're not alone. You're not the only one that struggles with anger. Bring some more people in your school to help you. Maybe you're in some sort of addiction. I don't know. Have you given it to the Lord? Have you asked people to help you get accountable? Have you gotten help? Maybe you struggle with stealing or, or corrupting talk or, or, or fighting, quarreling. Maybe you struggle with shame you don't feel forgiven. Take off those great clothes. You are not. See, I think oftentimes, I don't know about you, but um, I love cookies. I love them. Chocolate chip cookies are so good. But if I eat too many of them, my pants and shirt get a little too tight. Right? But sometimes I decide I'm going to do better. 
I might eat a lot of carbs and sugar, and then my shirt gets a little bit loose. I keep the same shirt though, right? You got, you got the, you know, you got some of the shirts that you still have that fit you maybe with your little bit heavier and the ones that like, if you were thinner on it. Like I have shirts that I know I can't fit in right now, but I'm just hoping one day that maybe I can fit in them. Um, right, we hold on to those things, right? Expecting, expecting that we need them again. We hold on to great clothes. Should be part of our life. We hold on to these things. And oddly, I don't know why we do this. Because we're, 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 we make idols in our hearts, but we find comfort in those things. We find comfort in being there. It's crazy. But God has, has called me for more. He's called me for more. Put off those things. I don't know what you're struggling with today, and, and maybe you, you're, you're really not struggling, but maybe you need to be the person that surrounds somebody else that is just struggling with one of these things. Is struggling to be alive. Maybe you need to come around with it and join their circle and be with them and maybe call them out in love. See, Otis, just put Otis back. I love Otis. Otis, he's, just, he's an interesting guy. You know? See, Otis gets you know, drunk, inebriated, and in public, he knows it's not, he's not supposed to do that. So, you know, he has to not in jail, so he, he knows what the key is, right? It's right there. He does all know what the key is. Unlocks it, goes in with the key back there, and that's good, right? He just looks, and he constantly does it. It's like some of every episode uh, of Andy Griffith, that he's just in jail, you know, having a good sleep tonight, and comes back the next day, unlocks it himself, and he doesn't have to worry about it, and gets out of there. See, we live like that. Right? We live like, we're stuck in sin. And the door's open. We got the key right there. But we want to stay there. Because some some reason those, those cold bars and uncomfortable bed is <coughs> maybe maybe you're, you're holding on to some bitterness in your heart, some sin that you just can't rid of, some addiction. Maybe you're just discouraged. And you just feel like you just can't get out of it. You've been called for more. Maybe you don't feel forgiven. Maybe you just feel so guilty all the things that you've done in your sense. And, and every once in a while you feel good about it, and something reminds you of it, and you just beat yourself up. Would you decide today to live like your life? Like God has sent you our life? Would you put off those great clothes? Maybe you're here today, and you've never trusted in Christ. And you're just trying to fight and, and, and grab whatever the world has to satisfy you. You're in church this morning, and you think maybe this will make me feel better about myself. Being in a building will not make you feel better for a long Being with Jesus will help. Would you trust him today? Would you cut off those things? He loves you. He cares for you. He sent his only son, Jesus, for you. Would you trust him? Would you trust Jesus today? You can have a relationship with God. And those things not saying that your life's going to be so easy after that. But you have something to hope in. A living hope. A peace that passes all understanding that we, we talked about. When the waves come, you even have each other. When trouble comes. Would you join the family of God? Would you believe that? Would you have your sins can be forgiven? It's not anything you do or say that can get you into heaven. But God has made a way for Jesus to be your substitution. Would you trust him today? I don't know where you guys are at. I don't, I don't, I don't know how this. But I hope and pray that maybe you'll take some steps today, this afternoon, of thinking, 
What am I holding on to? What are those great rules I'm holding on to? And you throw them down, and you grab a key, and you unlock the door and get out. And the cool thing is, I love this. And if you look in, in Ephesians chapter 6, it talks about that. That's why I have an arm of God. And you can go to war when you're out, and you can grab other people that are in prison and bondage of sin and bring them to the kingdom of God. That's awesome. That's awesome. You can put your shield up for them, protect them, grab those hostages, and bring them to Jesus. What you can do is the word not just Let's pray.